This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. I'm Shaliza Backus. I'm Afua Ball. Happy 2022, everyone. Can we still say that? I mean, I we're think a couple we days can. in. I mean, I've never we're known, like the what's, what's I know. The I feel, right so right. Rob on the road, he always says after January 4th, he refuses to say happy new year. But what if he hasn't seen somebody? Until exactly. Like, wow. That's what I'm saying. And we haven't uh, been connected yeah. with our listeners since last year. So, exactly. so happy, happy new, new year. year. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Rob. <laughs> uh, we're back and we're excited to be in this new time slot too. Discoveries has now moved to 1130. Right. Exactly. So even more opportunity for you to tune in, um, even more opportunity to laugh with us, to learn with us, to engage with us. Exactly. So we hope that you'll be tuning in each and every single time our show comes on. You can't say you're sleeping in. Exactly. Exactly. It's not an excuse anymore. But <laughs> if you do happen to sleep in, just a reminder that all of our podcasts are available to stream on our website and on all podcast platforms. So that's Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, all of that fun stuff. So you can find all of that information at 1059theregion.com. Absolutely. Now that we plugged ourselves in, let's get right into the conversation for the new year. You know what? It's it's we always I feel like we always start off this conversation this way, but Let's be real. This is what's happening. And I feel like if we try to, you know, play it out any other way, people would be like, where are you living? So, you know, New Year, but we're still dealing with, you know, what we're dealing with. But you Mm -hmm. know what? Let's let's put the pandemic aside for just a small second. You know, January can usually mean like a fresh start, you know. Let's do that New Year, New Me new stuff. New Year, New nah, Me. Yeah, I got yeah. new hair. <laughs> I love it, by the way. Thank you. Uh, she's going to post pictures on Instagram, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, it might be difficult for some as well. January might be a tough month mentally. So we want to talk about how you can cope, how you can get your spirits up during this month, especially for kids and youth. Yes. Most people don't realize that for kids and youth, this can be an extremely difficult time of the year mm-hmm. as well. So we're going to get some, we're going to go more into this discussion. Uh, joining us to chat today is Mordecai Rothman, Executive Director of Children's Charity, Kai Lifeline Canada. Mordecai, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's our pleasure, truly. First off, if we can know a little bit about the the charity. Sure. So, uh, Child Lifeline Canada is an organization that provides support to children and families that are suffering from the effects of serious illness within the context of a family. Uh, we provide 22 year round programs to families that either have a parent that is dealing with a life threatening illness that has children under the age of 19, or a child that is dealing with a life threatening illness. And we have 22 year-round programs, programs like Big Brother and Sister, financial assistance, tutoring, um, to more um, kind of wow opportunities like a camp for children with cancer, trips to Disney World, all kinds of programs and, and services to help support families as they navigate what is potentially the hardest time in their lives as they're dealing with the serious illness and, and all the things that come with that. Um, And one of the interesting things that I would say that we've learned over the last 15 years or so is many of these families are unfortunately dealing with immunocompromised people, meaning there are people who, due to their treatments, for whatever reason, uh, are unable to be in the general public for a long period of time. They're not able to go out to, to, uh, you know, a hockey game or go to school like regular kids or things of that nature. And because of that, we've, we've kind of learned over the years even though we weren't living in a pandemic, we have learned how to help 
people like that who really that's really everybody now that we're stuck at home you know in this lockdown that we're currently living in and things like that so uh, we wanted to bring some of that expertise out to share with the general population not just the population of families that are dealing with illness in their in their family yeah and it's funny that you mentioned that because as we said january is always kind of uh, a depressing time a depressing month of the year this coming monday is blue monday uh, called the saddest day of the year. Yeah, and January 17th. Yeah. And uh, you've already got all of this lingering depression and just, you know, sad vibes, should I say. Mm-hmm. And then you throw a pandemic in on top of that as well. Why do you think that January is such a sad time of year and more specifically for, for young people? So, you know, I, I think as, uh, as, the, as the fall comes, you know, we finish the summer, everybody loves to be out and about and um, you know, I, I know as Canadians, we love being out in nature and things like that. Um, and, it, you know, winter is no different, but I think it's a little bit harder with the cold and things of that nature. But, um, you know, as the cold sets in and, and we start to, you know, enjoy the winter, so to speak, you have the holidays to look forward to. You have certain things, you know, family gatherings and things like that, that people start to look forward to. Uh, and then, you know, after Christmas and New Year's, obviously those things kind of pass and, you know, perhaps the family that came to visit or the places that you went to, um, you know, you kind of start to forget as the, as the days are, they, you know, they're shorter days, less sunlight out there. And Toronto, Toronto, at least where I'm located, tends to be pretty cloudy and, and overcast in the winter, in the winter months. And, you know, it can be, it can just be a tough time, you know, with, with those shorter days and, and not much to look forward to. It's the monotony of the cold weather, putting on your boots and coats and getting in and out and things like that. I think some people, um, tend to struggle with that, particularly around the, the lack of sunlight and things of that nature. And now with the mix of, of course, this pandemic, the restrictions, especially we've seen that have impacted kids and youth, that's almost sort of like a double whammy, right? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think regardless of the winter months, a lockdown, particularly for young people um, who, you know, they're learning how to be in the world in many ways. Yes, they go to school, but they also learn how to socialize, how to deal with, not that any kids should be bullied, but how to deal with a bully, how to, how to you know, how to meet a deadline in, in class. All of these things are, are, you know, things that prepare them for life. And when you kind of take that away, whether it's, you know, because you're putting them on Zoom and they're not able to connect with their friends and, and things like that, um, but they're still expected to be responsible. You know, I myself have, uh, I, I know it's crazy to think I'm, I'm just 40, but I, I, I myself have a 16-year-old uh, who, you know, when the pandemic started, he was in grade 9, and, you know, now he's in grade 11, and oh, wow. he, he, he hasn't had the same support that he did, um, that he would have had had he gone to regular classes the whole time, but in grade 11, he's still expected to be on a grade 11 level. Mm-hmm. There's no one helping, no one saying, you know, hey, you had a pandemic. No, he's expected to be there. So I think that that responsibility is also a challenge to be able to to, to continuously meet those responsibilities with less support. Yeah, you know, I was actually saying this from, I mean, as far back as a year ago, like these kids who are school-aged kids uh, specifically, they're having so much taken away from them and Mm -hmm. their experience, their teenage experience, it's so different than, you know, ours because their social interactions are being taken away from them. And maybe they're not necessarily being taken away, but they're being changed and shifted and not having any physical interaction or minimal physical interaction rather with people, it actually 
affects you pretty greatly. Mordecai, have you seen any particular changes in your son, like over the pandemic? Oh, yes, certainly. But I mean, that's all colloquially. I mean, there are studies that I've seen um, that clearly state how kids that have been born post-pandemic, because, you know, they were wearing masks and things, their cognitive, uh, their cognitive abilities um, have been affected by that. And their ability to intuit emotionally has been affected by that because their teacher, as an example, will be wearing a mask during class and they're not learning how to read or how to enunciate certain, you know, A, B, C, D. Um, but to answer your question about my son, absolutely. My son, um, you know, my own children, all of my children have struggled through the pandemic in, in different ways. I find um, the closer to adolescence my children were, the more challenging it was for them. As you've been mentioning, January is a lot of like a wind down time. There's not a lot of things to sort of look forward to. There's no major holiday. And then you add in like the virtual stuff to the mix. Granted, let's be real. The millennial generation is more of a a screen time generation, Mm -hmm. but it was on their leisure time. Yes. But now to do that 24-7. It's everything. How do we help kids, youth, millennials, how do we help them break that sort of chain? You know, it's interesting because I, I think a lot of their connections and relationships are actually over the screen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, within reason, that's that's okay, I think. I think um, it's important for them to be able to connect to their friends and family. You know, could you imagine if we were going through the pandemic and they didn't have things like FaceTime and Zoom? Like, mm-hmm. how much more difficult would that be? You know, that being said, I think in the home, within 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 our home, and as, as, as you know, if we have millennials or young kids, in our home, I think it's important for us to continue to have those conversations around mental health, to make mental health something that is a normal thing to discuss, part of the regular vernacular in the household. You know, hey, did you take your medication? Hey, did you get some fresh air and go for a walk? You know, you need you need to get away from the screen for a little bit just to, you know, just to get that fresh air and get out, get outside and move a little bit. And that's a real conversation to have and, and, and to be open and honest about that. And to take away that stigma, I think if you can continuously talk about that and raise that and make it part of the regular conversations that you have in your house, hey, I'm checking in, how you feeling? Hey, what's going on? How would school, you know, these things are, that will kind of help take away the stigma and, and make it really a, a part of the, the, the home. And I think that that's really important for people. And that's really the first step. Now, Mordecai, I just want to ask you quickly, we're going to try to keep this short because I'm sure we've got a lot of opinions <laughs> about this next question. But, you know, we've been talking about a lot about uh, the onus on the family and uh, the support system, but sometimes it goes beyond that. So I'm wondering if you have any recommendations for the government uh, to help kids cope better with the pandemic. You know, I I, I can't say that that uh, you know I'm in a place of any of any sort of uh, place to speak about that, other than the experiences that we have with families who for so long have been stuck at home, you know, years prior to the pandemic and just seeing how difficult it is on them. Even if it's not, you know, in class, if there's ways for our schools to perhaps do things outdoors um, to get the kids together, whether it's, you know, get the class, get it, get five or 10 kids together, you know, who are not, not necessarily to learn, but just for that social aspect to realize that those are important things. I am, Sure, I'm absolutely sure that the government needs to do more for our kids because they are, you know, just being out of being being stuck the way they are and without the support. I think in Ontario in particular, I mean, the schools have been locked down more than any other territory in North America. If if that's the case, I want to know 
what are we doing more than any other territory in North America and Ontario in particular to support our children? And then also another point that um, we sometimes we forget is taking the focus away from ourselves. That can be extremely beneficial to our mental health. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, when you shift the focus onto others and you realize, hey, I can do more or I can help others. You know, early on in the pandemic, I think, you know, <laughs> particularly uh, I, I, I personally have neighbors who are, um, you know, from the older generation, about you know, 30, 40 years older than me. And I would go to the grocery store. But before I went to the grocery store, I'd always knock on their door and I was like, hey, is there anything you guys need? Maybe I can pick it up while I'm there. I'm going anyway kind of thing. Most of the time, they did not take me up on it. But, you know, when you start to think about others and put the focus on others, I think that that can be really positive. So, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities to thank our frontline workers. And, I mean, we all know how hard our nurses and doctors are working right now, how difficult this is on them. You know, they, they're having trouble staying open with, you know, the, the loss mm-hmm. of nurses and, and, and things like that. So if we show our appreciation to them, I think that that, you know, that can be something that can be really powerful and really meaningful. Um, but it doesn't have to go that far. I mean, even just putting, we stopped doing this, but earlier on in the pandemic, when people were putting up signs, you know, you're loved and things like that, mm-hmm. I think that was really touching and it really, really spoke, um, it really hit a nerve, at least for me. And I think that that's the kind of thing that we need to continue to do. I think in that vein, the more we're able to do for each other, I think the better it can be for, for all Canadians. Yes, and that's just the takeaway of everything right now. If you can be kind and be supportive, that takes you three quarters of the way there, I feel. Here at here at Chai Lifeline, you know, we need volunteers all the time, whether it's to give rides or be a big brother or just different things. And often I will tell potential volunteers, you know, you think you're coming and getting involved to give something. Um, but I, I guarantee that in the end you will receive more than you gave because the deep meaning and the connection that you build with a child who's been dealing with a life-threatening illness um, can sometimes be extremely powerful. Absolutely. So then on, on that note, then, if anyone wants to volunteer uh, with the charity um, or maybe has more questions, you know, more curious and they want more tips, uh, where, where can they go for more info? Yes, they can go to our website at uh, chilifelinecanada.org. Um, that's C-H-A-I, lifelinecanada.org. Thank you so much for your time and words of wisdom, I should say. I, I hope that uh, if you take away anything from this conversation, it's just how to stay above everything and how to keep that light on uh, yeah. in this very sad time of year, honestly. Yeah. Uh, this has been an amazing chat with Mordecai Rothman, Executive Director of Children's Charity Chai Lifeline Canada. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. And thank you for having me. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Moments brought to you by 105.9 The Region and hosted by yours truly, Phil McCabe. Now, before we get into the show, did you know that Discovery, the wonderful show that hosts this podcast, is now on all kinds of platforms, so you can get it really wherever you listen to your podcasts. But now for the show. You know, a lot of people have been using TikTok, especially in the past year and a bit since the the formation of the pandemic. I know that's when I started to use it, and it's got all kinds of content. You know, you've got harmless lip syncs, you've got weird chugging challenges, and kind of everything in between, but an aspect of TikTok that I'm 
thankful that I, I stumbled across is parents and families shedding light into into their lives, into the experiences they have, and being parents of children with special needs. Joining me today is one of those TikTok stars, Noelle, or as we know her on TikTok, is Love Logan. So first of all, Noelle, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I stumbled across your content, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are are in a similar boat that they don't know what San Filippo syndrome is. So my first question for you is, can you tell us a little bit about your son, Logan, and and more so, what is San Filippo and what does it mean? Sure. Um, so Logan is 14 years old and um, he has a genetic disorder called San Filippo syndrome. And often we compare San, San Filippo syndrome to childhood Alzheimer's because it's very similar to Alzheimer's disease in the way that children decline. So kids are typically um, meet all their milestones normally up until about the age of two, and then they start to slowly lose skills. And um, the way the disease works, kids end up losing the ability to talk, the ability to walk. Um, They end up with uh, joint stiffness, and uh, they end up with movement disorders and seizures. And they um, also lose the ability to eat by mouth. And unfortunately, this disease is a terminal disorder. So the life expectancy is mid to late teens. Okay. So like I said in the offset, I I stumbled across yourself and your family uh, through TikTok. So what led to you creating this TikTok account and and kind of shedding light on on not just St. Filippo, but uh, in particular your son Logan? Right. So like you said, um, we actually started getting into TikTok during the pandemic as well. It was just a way to kind of get lost and um, not think about everyday life and have some laughs. Uh, I actually came across two other San Filippo parents who were spreading awareness using TikTok. And I was like, I, I want to do that too. And it actually took me a good six months or, or so to really um, work up the courage to do it. Because, you know, when you share your family, um, you're being really vulnerable. And it's a scary Mm -hmm. thing. So I just decided one day, okay, I'm going to post my first video. Let's see how it goes. And it just blew up from there. Okay. And I got to ask, because this is one of the main reasons I wanted to connect with you. Given the fact that it's a terminal disorder, do you find that posting this content and shedding awareness kind of gives you strength or is it challenging to to pull back the curtain and expose those moments? So at first it was really challenging um, because I didn't expect uh, a lot of criticism. So that was really hard. But now it's more of an outlet. And I think of it too as I'm going to have all of these memories documented as well. And it's just It's been actually great for my mental health because it's kind of a way just to vent sometimes too. And there's a lot of support on the platform, which is really nice. Okay. And, you know, like we both said, it's a terminal disorder. So I I have to ask, how how do you handle that on a a day-to-day basis? Is it purely just getting in as much love and as much time as humanly possible every single day? Or what's the process there? 
that's exactly it. It's getting in as much as possible every single day and really living in the moment. I always say that. And it was really hard for me at first to do that. I feel like sometimes I think I had to actually like rewire my brain and the way I think in order to actually live in the moment. And that's what it's really all about. Okay. And, you know, social media is a bit of a, a blessing and a curse. It's so nice that we're able to connect with all these people and, and across the planet make form these connections and stuff. But the, the curse side of it is you have people that give you a hard time. You have people that are negative and critical of things that are going on. And I've seen a fair amount of your content, which is unfortunate that a fair amount of your content is dedicated to addressing comments and, and point of view that just seem ignorant for lack of a better word. So mm -hmm. do you find that you have to address those as a way to where raise awareness for San Filippo or is it literally just shedding light on hey you're being kind of ignorant this is why Logan does this this is why San Filippo children do that like is it an awareness thing or a hey stop being a jerk so it's a little bit of both and uh like you said a lot of it is ignorance and even if I'm replying to somebody who is being willfully ignorant and I know they're probably not going to take from anything that I say, there are other people that think that way and who just don't know. So that way I'm still educating other people and kind of teaching them to be more inclusive with not just San Filippo children, but disabled individuals in a whole. No, and, and that makes sense because, you know, I, I have cerebral palsy, so I can relate to a certain extent the the want for inclusivity, but you know, I, I got to say the way you handle those moments, those questions, those comments is, is is something to be admired because I can count on one hand or on two hands the amount of people I know that would lash out and and almost attack for for questioning things like, oh, why is Logan have a soother and stuff? And it's it's nice that you're able to express yourself and explain without making the person that made this comment feel bad necessarily. Yeah, I, I will say that th what's nice about TikTok is I can take time before responding. So it gives me time to really think out, um, to really have a well thought out um, reply to them and also stay calm. Because I, I will tell you, a lot of those comments floored me in my initial feelings about it is not, they are not calm inside. So I do like the fact that I can take some time before I respond to them and respond in a kind way. No, and it, it shows too, because any time I've seen those, it comes across as this is why these things are happening, maybe worded differently in the future kind of deal. So kudos for that. Now, before we go any further, how how is Logan doing right now? Is he, is he, I, I don't want to say coasting right now, but how... How is him? How is he physically? How is he mentally? How is he doing? Well, right now, he's doing pretty great. Uh, for a 14 year old with San Felipe syndrome, he's doing absolutely amazing. And I do attribute a lot of that to a stem cell transplant he had when he was three years old. Um, it's really helped a lot with the physical symptoms. So he's still walking and running and jumping and hiking and um, 
he's still, he does have seizures and he does have a movement disorder called dystonia, which is, you know, kind of part of the disease. But I would say right now, Logan's kind of plateaued and um, hopefully we stay that way for a while. Well, and, um, you know, perhaps this is ignorant of me for asking, but is there like, is there a way to kind of know that things are making a change either for the better or worse? Oh, yeah, definitely. So you'll you'll see children slowly start to decline. Like you'll like physically you'll see them um, wanting to walk less and less because they're have, they have weakening in the muscles and um, you'll see them getting very tired and want to sleep more. And uh, obviously they'll be less active. And so those are kind of the signs that things are starting to slow down. Okay. And I mean, just from what I've seen of Logan on TikTok, it, it seems like he still loves to be jumping around and running and, and going crazy. So that, that's got to be a bit of a, a an uplifting point for, for you and your partner that, you know, you see that he's still willing to do these things, that there's, there's still a whole lot of positives to go with the life that he has right now. Definitely. Okay. Now I've got a, a tradition on the show where I ask my guests to, to speak directly to the listeners. Often it's a very general, what would you like someone struggling right now to know? But given the nature of our conversation, I, I really wanted to make this kind of pointed. So if there's a listener out there right now that's, that's taking in this conversation that has a, a child with special needs or a child with a, a terminal disorder, what would you like them to know? Well. That so personally, I struggled with, um, like I said, not dwelling on the future too much and to try your absolute best to enjoy every single moment and live in the moment. And also, don't be afraid to ask for help if you're struggling. And what I mean by that is uh, finding somebody to talk to. That's been really beneficial for me. And also, if you have, don't be afraid to ask for help from other people as well. I know that was something I really struggled with. I felt like I was weak if I had to ask for help. And um, no, not at all. I think that, in fact, makes you strong to ask others for help. And, you know, at the end there, you mentioned asking others for help. Do you mean in the care of Logan or just generally speaking with your life, you needed some help and it took some strength to be like, hey, this this weight's getting a bit heavy. Can you help me? Yeah, just generally speaking, like um, I was always afraid to ask friends for help. I felt like I was being too needy. And, um, you know, with my husband deployed a lot, it does get really hard. So now I'm I say, OK, I, I really need help with this, even if it's just like, hey, can you uh, grab this from the store for me? Because I cannot get out today. Something like that. Just that's what I always struggled with. So. No, and, and that makes sense. I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that you've been able to find that outlet and, and ask for help because as you said, I think it, it shows tremendous strength to be willing to say, Hey, I'm, I'm having a hard time here. I need a hand. Now, Noel, I really want people to be able to, to see the wonder and joy that it is Logan. So once again, what's your TikTok handle so people can follow you there? It's love underscore Logan 07. Wonderful. And uh, last question for you. 
Um, if someone wants to know more about San Filippo syndrome, is there a particular resource that you recommend or do you just, just Google it and kind of go from there? I definitely recommend uh, the Care San Filippo Foundation website. They have so much um, information that you can get from there, including uh, what type of research and clinical trials is happening as well. Wonderful. Noel, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That'll do it for Mental Health Moments, one of the wonderful podcasts right here on Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. If you want to listen to us on the go, you can download any of our podcasts on multiple platforms. You can get it on Apple. You can get it on Spotify. You can get it on Google. You can get it really wherever you want. If you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.